This episode also features an interview from y'all's fave, my fave as well, Amara the Lesbian. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love to see you beautiful. I want to see your life. Hello. Hello everyone. My name is Amara. Amara the Lesbian. And this is not my YouTube channel, so <laughs> I don't know the intro to use. Yeah, I'm right, lesbian is cool. Uh, this morning we will be talking about abuse. I already explained to you why I chose abuse, but I'm just going to say it again. So I chose abuse as a topic because I realized that it happens a lot in queer relationships, but because people are trying to protect the community, protect us. We don't talk yeah. about the abusive behaviors that people exhibit to their partners. And that gives room for more abusive behaviors and not enough room to learn, to unlearn such things. So the first question is, what does abuse mean to you? Mm-hmm. Let's see. You know, I like this coronavirus period because somehow, <laughs> somehow coronavirus gives me a definition for almost everything. So I'm going to use coronavirus again. Okay. <laughs> so you know how the whole coronavirus thing works? You go out, you get infected, and yeah. then you bring it back to your house, and there's a possibility of you infecting every other person in the house. Even though they didn't go out, even though they've been you know, inside the house all year, all month. As long as one person goes out and catches it, okay, that is it. So abuse is something similar to that. Abuse is when you've been exposed to something, um, you've been exposed to some kind of abuse, and then you bring it back home or back to your base, or that's how almost all abuse happen. It takes one person who has been exposed to some kind of abuse or some kind of event or trauma to bring it back to their relationship, their home, anything. And for queer relationships, we all we all know this: queer relationships are harder than heterosexual relationships because of um, current state of things in this yeah. world. There's yeah. no equality. There's no safety. Exactly. There's no support. Yeah. So imagine dealing with all of these other factors and abuse is the last thing you'd even catch up on. But I see quite people in abusive situations but they don't know they're in abusive That's yeah. because not even talk about the quality, not even talk about the safety of it all. This yeah. Like there are a lot of things we're talking about. So when we before we get to that particular topic, we are all drained and tired. But Abuse happens in same-sex relationships, the same way it happens in heterosexual relationships. Because whether you're gay, lesbian, trans, queer, whatever you are, life happens to you regardless. If you if you have shitty parents, that will happen to you regardless. If you if you probably grew up with an abusive uncle, abusive guardian, something, life will happen to you regardless. So life is not going to be fair to you because you're gay or you're trans or you're lesbian or you understand so yeah abuse is literally what happens when one person or two people sometimes it's both parties has been like exposed to 
traumatic lifestyle or traumatic childhood. And yeah. like I've said, why it's very hard to patch in for relationships. Yeah, that's pretty Yeah, and that's a good angle to come from because as adults, we tend to mirror the relationships we have with our parents, with our partners. So that's something that was very important that you brought up. Uh, yeah, so the next question is, what experiences have you had with abuse in past and present relationships? Okay, let's see. I, I was raised by an abusive dad. Um, my, um, my mom too was equally verbally abusive. She would, oof, she would rain down hell and prime stone with her mouth. In fact, my mom was also physically abusive because, like, they had these uh, weird ass punishments for things you've done. You can get like a pepper bath or something, what? just something weird. My, my dear, I'm telling you, just something <laughs> weird. I come, I come from an Igbo household, so they are very strict with their discipline. They're very, very, they don't even play with it. And Igbo people, okay, let me go a little bit tribal. Igbo people are kind of also like abused tribe of Nigeria. They went through the whole, you know, Biafra period, the whole genocide, everything yeah, that happened. True, so true. as a culture, they abuse, as a culture, they are traumatized. They hold so much pain that they pass down to their children. The mothers, the fathers, they all pass it down to their children. So making it a little bit tribal and bringing it a little bit home, I come from a very 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 typical evil home that is very very strong on spoil the road and spare the child they will literally spoil the road on your body Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> i swear they would they would they will spoil they will scatter the road on your body so um i grew up with that i had that mentality and it's not just the beating the the abuse itself is the idea of if something wrong or you think something wrong has been done you need to um give out a certain level of punishment you need to i think that's one of the things that i abuse coming from a very abusive family instilled inside of me the need to punish a person that has done you wrong just if something has been done you punish if you feel like you've been crossed you punish if you feel like your emotions have been crossed you punish or you look for a way to punish if you're not giving them verbally yeah. you're throwing punches or you're something so going into my very first relationship, it was with a guy. I didn't really notice that because, like, to a sexual setting, I had other things to bother about. I had to bother about presenting as a very good wife material who could keep quiet. With the world brought up to, it was very hard to catch my abuse in a heterosexual setting because I was brought up to submit to the guy. So even if your insides are boiling, you want to always be um proverb 31 woman submit (laughs) (laughs) yes so just submit and submit and submit because i saw my mom do that several times and then when i got into a queer relationship that in queer relationships no no there's no uh what was it called gender roles and obligations you you guys just figure it out as you go then everything that was kind of inside of me since childhood just like coming up then like it was relationship with my present girlfriend everything just like coming up it was it can just be maybe having a bad day and you see yourself just lashing out like there are times when i see myself and i'm, I'm like wow you sound like your mother and it is just in the response you could probably probably just a very silly angry thing and you just shout are you mad 
where where did are you mad coming from? We all think it's nothing, but that's that is abuse. That is verbal abuse. Yeah, abuse is very black Yeah. Yeah. I was trying so, to list it yesterday. I couldn't like put everything into words because it's a lot. It's a lot people don't know. It is. It is. It is the even the emotional abuse when you know that you probably are not being upfront or honest about something, but you want a particular response or result. So you manipulate your partner. You'd hide information just you make them doubt their own self even if they are telling you there are situations they'll probably tell you well this cup is green but because you have like you have what would i call it experience with emotional abuse you have experience i have experience with like emotional abuse like mom can manipulate life out of you you can be dying and you bring it to my mother and somehow she manipulates that whole talk into you begging her you start begging her sorry i'm very sorry I'm very so sometimes we, we find ourselves in situations we don't know we are mirroring that same thing but I caught myself I think sometime four years three years ago where I couldn't what was the word I can't even remember how I just couldn't be upfront with my partner I couldn't let someone in I had to be my own powerhouse I had to you can be partnering with me, but I'm keeping my little, little secrets because I need my safety checks. I need this, I need that. And when you confront me about it, trust me, you're going to be the one apologizing to me because like, there's always going to be ready-made answers that you're giving to this person to yeah. emotionally manipulate them and not really get them to see what you're trying to hide. So emotional abuse is also there before we come to like the domestic physical abuse i feel like that one is like yeah that's what everybody looks like like oh abuse yeah yeah like, yeah yeah abuse happens in very subtle different very ways subtle ways, yeah yeah i also had my fair share of physical abuse because instead we lashing out instead we getting angry then i think at some point it just Oh, there was this one time. Yeah, there was this one time. Remember how I said I grew up with an abusive dad? My dad was very authoritative, very powerful. King of his cabal. Nobody would cross him. If you do him one, he would pay you in 10 different folds. He was very powerful. So growing up for me, I never tried. I never put myself in situations where... I tried not to put myself in situations where power was taken away from me because like I've had that you know background so anything about authority anything about power just kind of freaks me out so i got into this relationship with this person who was very um would i say egoistic she was she was um what's the word she just gave me the feeling of my dad like i remember the very first like our very first fiscal exchange it was i I felt like I was in the room with my dad that day and then we're having we're having a fight and our voices were being raised. I just honestly I'll tell you what happened for me that day. I felt like I was in the room with my dad. And then all the memories of being a little child and this man is beating you, you never you're yeah, not fighting control. Yeah, I got to that point. I was like, hell no, I'm not I'm no longer a child. Like, nope, nope, nope. Ain't nobody going to boss me around or make me feel powerless. And in that moment, I raised my hand and I slapped her. 
and that was a very 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 like first time i'll say like i was very i was physical i don't even fight i'm not even a fighter I'm, I'm the Jesus disciple. If you slap me on this side, well, lie, I'll turn the other side. Just slap, let me be moving. I'm not even a fighter. Like, in, in real life, I'm not even a fighter. And that day, that happened. I stormed out of the room. I ran downstairs. I remember running and running. I didn't even want to look back. Or That day was a huge... I don't know. It was the, it's, some, it's a day I probably would always remember because I remember what opened and broke inside of me and how I was just very conscious of the fact that because before that day I just thought I escaped I escaped my family I escaped the trauma I escaped yeah. everything I've gone I've watched myself washed myself clean I have all this new fancy lifestyle now and you know I, I can just make myself new but that day showed me that before anything new comes everything has to go down yeah uh, I wish I learned that day. It took me a few more tries, a few more, you know, experiences to honestly learn and have a handle on. Okay, your one thing, your anger is one thing, your experiences and the way you learn to express. And because sometimes abuse comes when we are just trying to express ourselves. Like we're just trying to say something, but it's like knowing a language and you're using, trying to use a language, a particular language you've learned to say something. But that language doesn't, the fact that you're, you can speak that language or the fact that the language is something you know or something, someone spoke that language to you doesn't make it a language that should be spoken. Yeah. Abuse is a language, but it's not a language that we should share or speak with ourselves yeah. in. The language we should probably just read about just so we know where this is coming from, how to deal with this when we, you know, come face to face with abuse or what to do in abusive situations. But not a language that we should use to communicate between ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I that was the day I started on learning the whole abuse language. So yeah. Yeah. So um, which brings us to the next question, which is what abusive toxic behaviors have you had to learn? Ah, oh, a lot of them. A lot. A lot. Mm, a lot I think it's abusive to project yourself on someone else like like things like fat phobia I think people think all these things are very very tiny and yeah normal in Nigeria we there's this there's this one day I remember this one time I was driving with my mom and my little sister she was like five six years old then and then we passed this really big lady and I think my mom made a comment about her. And I, I, I looked at, I think I was around driving from the rear mirror, I saw my younger sister's face and I could have sworn in that moment, she learned how to fat shame a person. I could have, like, I could have sworn. And years later when I saw her, she, like years later, she's like eight right now. And even to right now, she'll tell you things like, I'm going fat, I'm doing this. I always remember that moment and I saw how parents are very like, I don't know how to put it. Parents are like the thing the girls use to teach you everything they want to teach you. Yeah. You want to learn from a very young age, you learn from your parents. And I saw how parents are a huge factor to all the things we learn and all the ways we express ourselves. So things like fat shaming people or 
fatphobia, even homophobia in a way was something I had to unlearn. And these things are tiny, but once you keep pressing it, it comes off in an abusive manner. Yeah, yeah. It comes up in a way that makes a person want to hurt themselves or it yeah. makes a person, you know, diminish themselves or shit on themselves. Anything that will make a person that, that will shit on a person's personality, a person's being, existence, a person's phys- anything, as long as you're literally shitting on a person, to me, that is abuse. Whether it's subtle, whether it's loud, it is abuse. Abuse, oof, ab- the, the sole purpose of abuse is to reduce a person. It's like, yeah. he wants to take him, to reduce you, wants to diminish, diminish you, wants to yeah. press you down. When, when, a, when you hear things like, oh, a husband beat up his wife, or this, even in movies, when you see when a writer tries to put that in a movie, you can always tell the intention behind that violent outbreak at that moment is, oh, the woman is doing something that threatens his ego. Now he wants to reduce her. He just wants to reduce he wants her. to take her so, power. Yeah. The sole purpose of abuse is to take your power to reduce you. I kept on saying, the first day tired for me was the day person that abused me the most, the person I feared the most, came up in my subconscious. and. Yeah. By instinct, I just wanted to reduce that person. I just want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I had to learn, unlearn every tactics, every technique, everything. Anytime I see myself doing something that the other person, it can be reducing for the other person, whether it's mental, emotional, physical. I just do a little bit of dial back because I never want to shit on your person. I never want to shit on your existence. If there's anything I know for sure in this life, is life is hard. Everybody's breathing that own air. Life is extremely hard. So I never want to shit on your existence or shit on how hard you work to be alive every day. Like if I meet a person, I just want to acknowledge, oh, see, I see that you work really hard to be alive. I might not be your friend. I might not be a part of your life, but I respect that you're still alive. And I move. Just keep it moving. You don't have to take their power. So yeah, everything I learned from childhood, um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. I'm proud of myself with the way like I honestly have taught, I've taught myself, and I also give some of the credit to my girlfriend because we both went through this phase of our life together. We both came out together. We both survived together. That's one of the things that made us really, really close and beautiful friendship and companionship because we've had to own baggage or whatever it's called our emotional traumas together and that kind of bring people together bring people close up together or something like yeah, that yeah. so i'll give some of the credit to her support knowing that someone is rooting for you to survive this battle because if i if i probably was with a person who didn't care if I survived the battle, didn't see who that this is this is coming from my childhood and they don't care about you, they don't care whether you survive or not, and they just want to port. If I probably was with a person like that, I'll probably still be in that state today. But I for myself I wanted better. My girlfriend wanted better for me. So it's easy to want better or try better or try to do better when you can visibly see that people are rooting for you, people are trying to support you and all of that so yeah that yeah. must have been a lot of work yeah ha, it is it is it is a lot of work it's a lot of dying a lot of like not even understanding your emotions at the moment but because you know if you keep pushing on this particular path this path it will go bad 
So even if you're not sure of what path to take at the moment, you just probably need to stand still and do nothing until you know you're clearer, you have a clearer vision. Because most times when we feel attacked, when we feel threatened, when we feel triggered, we do not know what way to run. Like I see yeah. myself, like I was saying, I stay running. I didn't know what way to run. We don't know what way to go. And then the only way you know is that abusive way that you know if you take that way because that's the way you, you've learned or that's the way you were taught, it will bring the same result that your childhood brought to bring the same result that you're trying to run from that brought you in this situation in the first place and more than anything i did not want to bring in a child and do the same thing my dad did to me which is teach them all of these bad things about the world before they got to see that the world is actually a beautiful place or can be a beautiful place because now i have all these colors of all this rubbish that the world is and every time i learn like the world is a beautiful place or the world is a beautiful color i'm always surprised i'm like what and in a way i feel like i'm tired i'm full my insides are full and they are filled with rubbish they're not necessarily filled with like lots of beautiful colorful things but filled with pain remainder of a lot of abuse so it takes a lot of work to one by one take this out take that out and make space to make space for new things to come out. yeah wow yeah so this is a journey that you are still on you're still working on right now still very much on it yeah. very much on it um i wanted to ask how like did you uh, okay, for some people, they'll say therapy. Well, in my case, I would say therapy because I also had toxic traits that I had to unlearn, and that took therapy, that took family, friends, chosen family, not family, chosen family that you know could see things and point out, okay, this is bad and good and whatnot. So, how, what was your how? Yeah, um, let's see. My how really was love. Yeah. Love to a great extent. And it wasn't, it wasn't even greatly external love. It was very much more internal. Like growing up, being the black sheep of the family, I was constantly always the problem. Like every day, my one prayer is, let me not be in any problem today. Like that was my career. As long as I don't enter a problem. There are days where I slept under the bed because like I've done something I'm hiding from my father or my mom. So I, and I'm very tired, I want to sleep. So I just poof under the bed and go and sleep. Let me sleep first before the beating starts. Yeah, <laughs> this day, I remember this one time they were looking for me. They looked for me for like hours. And then I was under, I think mats. Yeah, I was under some native mats I had. I slept off on the floor and carried some native mats and just covered myself. So if you pass through the mat, you will not know that someone is sleeping under there. Like just running, <laughs> running and being alone, protecting myself was like my defense mechanism. So in all of those moments of protecting myself, one thing I noticed was I said, it's still, it's still like voices in my head. This, they say like voices in my head that would, I'll probably be crying and you hear a voice tell you to stop crying, to go and drink water or to go and do this or to go and do that. So it's said very little and, you know, tiny for me, voices in my head helping me do things or giving me a little bit of guidance or trying to vow roots for me. 
um, when people in my class then I was in gesture, there was time I was in gesture and some girls were talking about how they would sneak out around 10 p.m. and they would fly the fence or go to party in town. I live very far from the town. So, but girls in my school then saying they want to enter car around 10 p.m. to go to town to go and party. Times like that, I would hear that, those voices in my head telling me, see, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to that party. You're going to come back. Your dad would have noticed that you're not around and that would be more beating for you. So sure you like yourself, don't go to that party. So I always had all these voices. They said like voices. And as I grew up, I realized they were actual, I don't want to say people, so I don't freak people out. I try to not say people, that they're people inside of me, so people don't be scared of me, but that's what it is. They're actual people who take care of me, inside of me. They've been there since I was little. So, it's been easy to not make the wildest of bad decisions, because like, their voice is visibly calculating how this will end for you, how this will happen for you. This, like, even me leaving the country, where is, is a result of those voices. I was walking down the street one day and one of them was like, look at there's something on the floor, pick it up. And I picked it up and it was a pamphlet of study in Belarus, blah, blah, blah. And that was the first thought I started thinking of, oh, maybe I can leave this country. So like, I've always had like this strong love force inside of me whose sole purpose and sole reason for existence is to protect me, <laughs> to protect me and make sure I survive, to protect me and make sure I survive. So it was, for me, in my own case, it was easy to want to do better because like there's a, there's a reminder. There are people who have been with you since the day you were crying that your father wants to kill you. Like my father want, tried to kill me several times. Like see, but I can't even downplay the effect of my dad's abuse. It was bad. It was bad. The whole street knew both of us. That's how much I would cry and enter the street and be running. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. It was bad. It was like, it was very bad. There are faces I see today. And I remember like there's this guy, I always bump into him every once in a while. And I remember that guy because there's this time I was hiding behind someone's house and he came to meet me that night. And I was like, why are you hiding here? He said, my daddy wants to kill me. And then he was like, no, come, let me take you home. I'll beg your daddy for you. And I like, I refused. Cause that's not the first time somebody has told me that rubbish. Come, let me take you home and beg your daddy for you. <laughs> Oh, happen. My daddy will start beating that person too. That he won't <laughs> like he will chase you. <laughs> he will chase you with his cane, or he would like what one rubbish or the other. So I have all these faces in my head. I remember for the times I ran, but also I have all these people inside of me that I remember because they've always been there. They literally they came up. If they are evil spirits, they thank thank God for those evil spirits. <laughs> my mom sometimes said they are evil spirits. Those people came up to help, to protect me, to give me some kind of knowledge, some kind of something. They just gave me something to hold on to while I was still struggling. And honestly, for me, it's been them. It's been all the forces inside of me. It's been all the gods around that took interest in my case. It's been, you know, they gave me my girlfriend. I see, honestly, I, I think they, they did give me my girlfriend because, like, she's one of my, she's one of my best friends. Oh. And then there was her support, there was her love, there was her listening to me. Honestly, it also, also takes one person listening to you and letting you know that you're not crazy. Because uh. all through, I kept on thinking there was something wrong with wrong me. With her, yeah. Something wrong with me. Either I was too sad, or I was too this, or I was too that. Like, I made some best friends in secondary school, and even 
within that friendship i had to still censor myself because like i was too much of everything but meeting my girlfriend and we talked our first date was we just talking for like six hours or more we talked we talked so much we talked and talked and talked and talked and talked wow we talked so much and i had the chance of somebody just listening to me i don't know that was very redeeming for me just listening and getting it she didn't even do anything dramatic but even till today she listens like listening someone who just wants to listen to you and get it they're not impatiently trying to shut you up or like say oh this this thing i've heard it several times hey show your father beats you i've heard it but like they are listening to see what new trauma has happened to you just everybody deserves someone that will listen to them honestly honestly i even think that's why some people actually probably go i don't i wouldn't say but that was when every time i thought about senior therapies is just for the sake of talking to someone who would listen first of all and get it and give me a professional opinion but you see the listening part that listening part very very important so yeah it took a lot of love for me it took a lot of invisible forces that can't even explain a lot of god factor i even at some point added god in there because it doesn't make sense it has to be god man <laughs> it has to be god i'm not a christian but like i have strong god belief but i don't even identify as a christian um it took a lot of love actually a lot of love a lot of willingness because since i have all of these memories and all of these people i have a lot of journals from like when i was little i have I've been keeping journals since so i have all this evidence of all the places i've been it's so hard to read and remember and not want to do better for yourself because yeah. like you've been through, i've been through like poof i've been through so much that each time i remember i'm like hmm, okay that girl is here now it's my duty to take her to somewhere else somewhere better than here because yes i don't even imagine i'll be here well i if someone had told me when i was little that i'm like don't worry hold on one day you'll be at this place that this 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 fish i'll tell them it's a lie it's a lie they should check my track record it's not possible but it is it is and it took me love support a listening ear myself it took a lot of myself a lot of myself i won't lie took a lot of me wanting it for myself because there's nothing that will happen if you don't want it for yourself there's something that you said that i can relate to it's like listening just um those um i think abuse also comes from a place of not being heard like you being an abusive person for another person comes from a place of you're talking to this person they're not hearing you so what other thing can you do to get attention so i think so if someone listening to you and not judging you just wanting to hear you out and see where you're coming from and not saying that oh you've been saying this thing again you've been saying this thing okay your dad beat your hand so yep. stuff like that there yeah, can make you feel small <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's a huge part of it like you live with these people but i don't know how many years you live with your family but of course there will be a huge chunk i'm sure there is still stuff that you haven't uncovered because you're on a learning process so yeah it's nice like thank you for sharing the story with me first of all and it's nice that you know you're looking inward and you're listening to yourself and you have a partner that's listening to you yeah so i'm happy for you yeah. too 
Uh, which brings me to I the guess. final <laughs> to the final question, which is Yay. <laughs> what do you say to someone going through an abusive, toxic relationship or entanglement? Cute me. Things are entanglements. Well, let's see. First of all, what do you want for yourself, my guy? What do you want for yourself? Do you want peace of mind? Do you want happiness? Do you want joy, sweetness, compassion? Write down all the things you want for yourself. If your current relationship is not giving you that, my guy, it's time to port. It's as simple as that. Because like we cannot, we, we did not come to this world with the people we need, but they are they exist. You can find them. If you keep holding on to someone that is blocking space, or you're blocking space for somebody else, both of you will not progress. So honestly, sit down, write down what you want in a relationship, what you want out of life, what you want to be feeling, what you would much rather be feeling. What would you much rather be feeling? You know, being in an abusive situation is very hard. Your heart is beating fast. You don't even see what's going to happen the next minute. You you cannot sleep well. There's a bone. Oh God, there's a ache in your heart. In the chest, like, <laughs> you have to like, like, so you have to really ask yourself, do I like feeling like this? Do I like living like this? And if your answers are no, write down what would I much rather have? So at some point, I had to sit my girlfriend down and told her, see, I, 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 like, I, I want compassion, I want sweetness, I want, I want care, I want this, like, just list out to your partner and ask them to what they want. I feel like partnership, that's why I love relationships, friendships, they're not like family that they force you in that one, like they give it to you. This one is your personal decision. 100% your decision, like nobody's kidnapping you in this setting. So if honestly, you do not want the what they are giving, no matter how much you think you love that person, but it's time to put, it's time to stand up, pick your things and go. You all should say your goodbyes. Trying to make something work with a particular person limits you so much. It might not be that person. That person might not be ready. You might not be ready for what they have. They might not be ready for what you have. Just list out what you want. Ask your partner to list out what they want to. And if you cannot give it to yourself, then it's time to port. Uh, you, you guys can just be friends. Like, there are several things to do when you know I am at this. I'm sitting on a table where the food I want to eat is not being served. You don't keep sitting on that table and just, you know, you're touching the other things little by little. The food you want to eat is not on this table. Stand up and leave. Stand up and leave. Or, or if you like that table so bloody much that you're so attached to this table, you know what you can do? You can stand up and go and make the food you want to eat and bring it to that table. You can also do that. You can. But it's in about doing this kind of work of, eh, you're not giving me what I want, but I'm going to stay here with you. I'm going to look for what I want and bring it back. There are days when that will not cut it for you. There are days where you'll be too tired to go and make that food. There are days where you just want the food to already exist on the table. There are days where you have no strength. Like you finish cooking the food, you cannot walk back to the table. You have no strength. So honestly, you have to learn how to take care of yourself. This world is just one. Nobody's forcing you into a relationship. Nobody's forcing you into a friendship. So if you are seated at the table where you're not being offered what you want to eat, please stand up and leave. That's all.
and even at that yeah so that table analogy sometimes you can be at that table you know that's not what you want you know you don't like it but you just be there managing this thing because you've been taught to manage to like suppress to hold on to be quiet just you know eat whatever you see so it takes a lot of finding yourself first of all so understanding okay i don't like this i don't like this i don't like this to even know okay this is what is being served on the table and not what i want being queer alone is hard being queer a nigerian or being queer in nigeria is extremely hard a lot of queer people are not coming from mentally same place places they're not coming from healthy families or healthy friendship or healthy places so being queer in nigeria is its own form of abuse honestly i won't lie like they receive lots of abuse from like the outsiders they receive abuse from extended family members from close friends so if you're going to be queer and you're going to be in a relationship in nigeria especially in nigeria my guy i know it's easy to just say eh, it's not this person's fault eh, it is the country that's making them act like this eh, it is their family stop excusing people's abusive streets honestly just stop just stop just especially in a quest like i keep saying especially in a quest situation because being queer in nigeria is hard enough it's hard enough every queer person in nigeria has to realize every queer person at all has to realize we have lots of baggage we're coming with we're not coming to we're not coming for our partners to solve our problems you know there are days i wake up and i just remember how bad my family fucks me up and i'm angry i'm just angry i don't want like i'm angry my girlfriend can be trying her best but i'm angry i'm already angry being queer it's hard that's the truth so everybody should realize as a queer person you have a lot of work to do you might think it's the other person but you yourself you have a lot of work to do you have a lot of healing to do you have a lot of accepting of yourself a lot of loving to do a lot of cleansing and dating like do that do that before you blame your girlfriend or your boyfriend go and go and wash yourself a lot of people tend to blame the other person oh this is happening it must be you that is causing this thing so it takes a lot of internal work which is yeah i'm glad you brought this up i'm glad you brought up the angle of you know your background coming from the kind of friends you come from that has a huge factor in how you you know partner with another person and how that person partners with you so it's a lot of internal work so yeah i think that is the end of our conversation yes <laughs> thank you so much for your time and also yeah you're a very visual person i like one of your videos that i watched i think it was one about depression where we are talking about a house and since we're growing it's like, mango tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay where are you coming from <laughs> by the end so yeah i appreciate that Thank you. Thank you for you know supporting and watching and for your kind words. You mean a lot. Thank you. No problem. Um, I hope everyone watches your video. So if you don't know, this is a mad lesbian. You can find her on YouTube. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube, uh Amara the Lesbian. Just type Amara the Lesbian and oh, oh, oh. that's all. You can find me everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Amara the Lesbian. And you see my bowed face. About head, about by the way, I'm my head. <laughs> you say hi to your girlfriend or your cats. I saw your cats going <laughs> you around. Oh my yeah. god! 
so cute. Hi. All right, bye. Bye. If you liked this episode and you think someone should listen to it, please share and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Pie Diaries. Until the next episode, it's your host, Rainbow. Love and light always. Bye.